Good to see everybody here. You know, from these chairs right here, no one sit in these chairs ever. All right, there is a something here. These first three rows, don't want anybody ever to sit there. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, when don't sit there, whatever you do. All right, praise God. For those of you who don't know, my name's Tad. Uh, we were, we're here, got my family with us, and uh, we are excited to be here to do these meetings. We had, I thought this morning's services went very well. At first service, uh, my nephew Joshua talked about, who's one of the healing technicians there at Ramah, uh, the ministry there for Kenneth Hagin Ministries, and uh, talked about some of the uh, great things that, uh, concerning the Word of God and God's love. And then when uh, he ended talking about that Jesus in John chapter 2 violently ran out of the temple what didn't belong there and that we are the temple of God and Jesus will actively on our behalf get rid of what doesn't belong in our temple. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's so powerful. Praise God. And of course uh, we've got... Amanda with us, my wife, and then our son Tanner is with us. Uh, it's good to see you. We've got Rick Martin. Rick, stand up and wave at everybody. If that, some of you don't know Rick there. Never say hi to Rick. Rick comes up from, he's up from Somerset. But Rick is the head of our Rhema Bible Training Centers in Egypt. And so he's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. How many times a year do you go now? Thirteen times. Do they know you there at the airport now? Say, hey, there's Rick again, yeah. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, doing a great job there. Got a couple campuses going on there, and uh, exciting things happen in the in the uh, Middle East, Northern Africa region of the world, and uh, making some real inroads there, and training men and women, glory to God, to take the word of God to their generation. And then Chance, let's Chance stand up and say hi to everybody. This is Chance. He's down there at that same church, and Chance is overseeing him and his wife and Miranda. You guys are doing the youth and. That Chance Miranda went with us, to, we took a uh, mission trip to Thailand a few years ago, and there's 33 of us, I think, on that trip, and uh, Chance Miranda went with us, and me, and Tanner, and Josh, and Chance Miranda ended up at the pizza place one night there, yeah, they have good pizza in Bangkok, we ended up there was after services one night, and uh, uh, we had a good time on that trip, we got all kinds of stories about how we, how we got home finally after all that, but it was... Uh, but there's good folks, and um, appreciate them being here all the way up from Somerset tonight. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, if you got your Bible, if not, you know, just hang on and listen. But we're going to uh, look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to begin in verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now tonight, I want to look at salvation from the New Testament standpoint, what it means to be saved, what does the word salvation bring in it, and then how to receive that, all right, uh, right now, not wait. You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. And uh, you're going to see, you know, so many times I think we've put off, there's only, listen, there's only one thing you should put off. All right, that, that's in the future for you concerning your salvation, and that's to be re reunited with Jesus. That's going to happen whenever, you know, as, God, as God's Word says, that's going to happen. It's not happened yet, but it's going to happen. 
But the rest of what Jesus has bought and paid for belongs to us now. And so we don't have to put that off for another time. Here in 2 Timothy 3 verse 14 says, But continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. And that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man, the man or woman of God, may be perfect, that's complete, full-grown, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now look there at verse 15. It says that He said, Timothy, look, from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. Now, of course, the Scriptures he's talking about would have to be what we call today the Old Testament, wouldn't it? Because these things just being written, uh, he's talking about those things. And he said that, that they are able, they are able, able talks about the, the potential is there for the Scriptures to make you wise unto salvation. In other words, you know, uh, I heard someone say this years ago, and really I haven't found in study any really better way to say it. I think it's very, act- very accurate. Wisdom is knowing how to apply the knowledge that you have. All right? How many know people that know a lot of stuff, but they don't know how to do anything with it? The Bible says knowledge puffs up. Okay? That's not why I'm puffy. It's not knowledge. It's what I eat. But <laughs> knowledge, knowledge puffs up. But wisdom, see, and he says it will make you wise unto salvation. Well, the word salvation, I love, I love what uh, Barclay's note says in for first Romans chapter 1. We'll look at that later. But the word salvation, he said the Greek, and Hebrew, the Greek word and, and, and for salvation and saved, are the, it's the all-inclusive word of the gospel. Drawing together all the redemptive acts, everything that God accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this, this old, you know, Barclay in his notes, you know, good old Southern Baptist man said this. He said it includes deliverance. It includes soundness. It includes safety. It includes healing. Glory to God. Well, you get a Southern Baptist believing in healing, you got something going on right now. Right? And it's not something to be, you know, it's not saying, well, God can. It's saying God will deliver you. God will save you. God will preserve you. God will heal you right now. Okay? And he says, the scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. Look at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Praise the Lord. Now, when you come to, when you come to these services, especially, uh, I'm going to tell you the services, I have people ask me, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this to be mean. It's not that I don't. Uh, here, I, 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 I'd say this because the Lord's instructed me to tell people why I minister the way I do now. Here about four, well, I wrote it down. It was 2016, the fall of 2016. The Lord told me, he said, I want you to change the way that you minister. He said, I want you to quit. I want you to let your notes go. Well, Pastor Pat can tell you, my notes, I got notes. I got notes upon, I got notes on my notes. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got three ring binders, and I mean, I've got, I had uh, one of our international students here recently 
one says, is there anything I can do to help you? I'd hand her the binders and typed it all in, you know, got them set up, the, digitized them, and got them on the computer so they're a whole lot easier to store. But I uh, said, I want you to start, just you stay in the Word of God, and you, stay in, you stay in fellowship with me, and then I want, you, I want you, when you get there, when you get in the pulpit, I'll just speak through you. Now, that's scary for somebody that, I mean, really, for a preacher that's been used to preaching from notes, but I started looking at that and started look in that. And uh, you say, well, how long does it take you to put a sermon together? This sermon tonight is a result of 38 and a half years of being a Christian. Does that make sense to you? And so in, in doing that, I'm going to ask you this. Believe God with me that what will come out is exactly what you need to hear, not what I think I need to say. Amen. Try to tell young preachers, look, it's not about what you have to say. Had a young guy with us in Kenya one time. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. And I did it to him on purpose because I knew who, how he was. I, made, I saved him for last. I mean, I don't know. We had, we had oh, 15, 16 folks with us, and everybody got to preach. And this is the last, and he's just, you know, he'd been involved with music. He took his guitar. We're playing. Did, we did our own praise and worship at those meetings. And, uh, uh, he, but he was the last one. He got up, and he said, you know, I thought, he told everybody, I thought I was going to preach a whole lot more, so I put together four sermons, and I'm going to try to combine them all and get it in in one session. And all of us just went, oh. You know, if I'd have had one of the most shepherd's crooks, I'd have, I'd have extended it out, I'd have grabbed him, just yanked him right then. But bless his heart. Because, see, what was most important, and this was, what was more important was what he thought he had to say, not what the people needed to hear. That's so important when we, those of you that, that you know, you want to be in the ministry, you want to think about those things, it's not about you. That's a hard lesson to learn, but it's something that's very valuable. All right, so I don't know why I said all that, but let's look here at verse 32, Acts 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, he said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able, there's that phrase again, concerning God's word, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. It is able. Everybody say, it is able. It is able. See, God's word is able to do whatever God said. If you think about it, within God's word is the ability to bring to pass what he said. If he said, you know, you know how many times really in the Old Testament, you look how many he said the Messiah is coming. Well, you think about it. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. How many of you believe Jesus actually lived and did what the Bible says? Yeah. But the Word became flesh. What God said was going to happen, it happened. All right? Now go one more place. Romans chapter 1. Romans, the first chapter. Salvation. So tonight, as we look at this, because our specific, our specific subject is healing, when we see the word salvation, we could say healing or health because it includes that. Now, you know, we say when someone accepts Jesus, we say they got saved, and they, and they did. They did get saved. But if they really realize that they not only got saved right then, they got healed. They got delivered. They got, they got in God's great protection plan everything that salvation means. I heard... Uh, T.L. Osborne, many of you may know who he is, but if you don't, T.L. Osborne was a missionary statesman. And really, uh, in, the, uh, in 
the, the days that we know, uh, you know, in the last hundred years, he really began to be, he was the first one that we know of that would go into a nation and the, the, the uh, crusades that he would have would be so big, he'd have to meet in the soccer stadiums. And he'd fill up these soccer stadiums and, of course, cause such a thing that a lot of times the, the, the ruler of the area or even the ruler of a nation would have him come in and they'd wanna, he'd want to meet him. And I heard Osborne say this, kind of funny. He said, you know, they wouldn't want me to preach when I came, but they wanted to share a meal, but they'd ask me to pray. And he said, I learned how to pray a good sermon in those. But Osborne, Osborne said this. He said, he said, we in our crusades, in our times, he said, they're so large. He said, we, we teach people, and we're telling people, when you accept Jesus, you're not only looking for the Savior of your spirit to be born again, he is also your healer. So when you accept Jesus, you're accepting him as not just your Savior from your sin and eternal separation from God. You're accepting him as the healer of your body. So when you say, I confess that I believe that you, you, God raised Jesus from the dead, and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord, you're saying you're, you're my Lord not only of my spirit, but you're Lord of my body, and I'm healed. And he said, I just start preaching that. And he said, I preach until there's so many miracles of healing taking place, nobody will listen to me anymore because so much commotion going on out in the audience. And they start bringing people up and testifying. If you've ever seen any of those, and just testifying to what God has done. I mean, no one laid hands on them, just preaching the word. Blind people healed. I'm, uh, lame people healed. Uh, some, you know, just some magnificent things would take place in those times. Well, why? Well, Osborne believed and he preached that salvation included everything that it, that it means from the Word of God. Look here in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans 1, 16. Thank you, Lord. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Let's read verse 17 also. For therein... In where? In the, in the gospel. Is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now I want you to notice here that the gospel, or the word of God, has within it the power of God unto salvation. But do you see a qualifier there? There's a qualifier there. Yes, God's word is able. Yes, God's word has the power of salvation in it. But it's to everyone that what? believes you see that's that's our part that's my part of the equation for God and I to make a transaction here and it's not illegal because really you understand we're we're family we're not making legal transactions with God and sometimes you got to be careful you know going that route I think because you get people thinking you're in business with God no we're a family all right but the way God has set it up if I want to make a withdrawal from the family if you will bank account ooh, he's got a good one too I've got to do it the way he said. How many of you have a bank account? Does your bank have certain rules on how you have to withdraw that money? Right? Now, I can't go withdraw your money for you, can I? They won't let me. Well, unless we all know one another. Then, you know, are any of those banks left anymore? I, don't think, I think sometimes up at New Liberty we could have done that sometimes, you know, the bank. But, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying. There's rules there. Well, I can't. That's why it's so hard. I can't withdraw your healing for you. See, it said everyone that believes. I'm one. I'm believing for me. 
And I'll believe with you, but you got to believe for yourself. It's the power of God unto healing for everyone that believes. And then he said, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. doesn't matter if you're a Gentile Greek. doesn't matter if you're part of the old covenant people of God. doesn't matter if, you're part of, if you didn't have a covenant with God. If you believe, you can be saved. If you believe, you can be healed. All right? He said, why? Because therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. See, our standing with God. Our standing with God. Uh, I'm going to come back here, but go to Romans chapter 10 for just a minute. I've been quoting it here. Let's look at verse 9 and 10 for a minute. Everything, everything that we have to do with God is based upon our position of being in right standing with Him through Jesus Christ. How many of you, wait, how many of you raise your hand and say, yes, I'm a Christian. He's my Lord. All right. Do you know that you have the same standing with God that Jesus does? Because it's his standing that we're standing in. He is righteous. In Hebrews 1, he talked about the throne. God told him, the scepter of your kingdom is righteousness. That's the hallmark. In other words, that's the, that's the shining emblem of the kingdom of, of God and Jesus being the king is righteousness. Being right with God. All, all, everything out there, everybody's trying to do, every other religion's trying to work hard to get right with God. I mean, they're doing everything. But our God, but God, the God, came down and made us righteous with him through his son. What a deal. All right. Romans chapter nine, or chapter 10, verse 9. Let's, let's read it there together. Look what it says here. He says, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's just you, we're talking about healing. You shall be healed. See, you, you get born again, you get healed the same way. You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. All right, look at verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, what I say with my mouth is based upon what I believe in my heart. Now, it's not what you say that makes you right with God. It's what you believe. You see that? What, I, what do I believe? Do I believe? I believe that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. See, now I'm agreeing. Righteousness, one thing you can say about righteousness, it means to agree with God. You know, have you ever not agreed with somebody? You kind of lose that right standing feeling, don't you? Right? You know, it, it's hard. It's hard for folks, you know. I don't know how it is now. I know there's, there's been some things, but back when we were here, you know, both uh, you know, Louisville had the card. They had good basketball team. UK had good basketball team, and it's hard for the two fan bases to get together at all, right? You know, and sometimes you see those those some folks had had those things on their car that you know that this was a split household, you know, and you'd see flags, different flags, different things of that sort. Well, it's hard for them, to, but you can imagine bring it over in this realm, okay? If even in that something silly as basketball we can't get along, we can't agree. If I don't agree with God, see, my belief is right standing with God. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is then made unto healing. Okay? All right. Now, go back to Romans 1 then. And so he says in verse 17, for therein, so I want to get to something here. 
is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just, those who are declared right with God, those who are in relationship with God, shall live by faith. Now, here's something I think is very important. And one, one reason why I think as, 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 as a whole, the body of Christ has maybe struggled in these areas. I want you to notice he said we're to live by faith, not have moments or events of faith. Does that make sense to you? See, a lot of times when it comes to healing, aren't we looking for an event? Come on now. Let's be honest. I know I always did. I was always looking for that special anointing. If there's a special anointing or, or something, you know, there, you know, and if you could, and, and in the early days of my Christianity, if I could just get sister or brother, so whoever it was to minister to me, they have a special anointing. And those things are great. Thank God that God uses people that way. But you don't have to have, see, that's just, that's just helping people. A lot of times that's helping people that aren't even Christians with that kind of thing. But as a child of God, as a daughter of God, as a son of God, you have a right to just claim what belongs to you and live by faith, not have an event. We live this way. How do we live? We believe in our heart. We believe in our heart and we say it with our mouth. We live that way. Okay? I found out, you know, a lot of times when people start confessing the word, they start confessing it out of fear. Well, I better say it. I better say, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I don't care how many times you say you're healed, it's not going to make you healed. You believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Now you get talking along these lines and eventually you're going to have to end up in Mark chapter 11. Let's turn over there. Praise the Lord. You know, and we don't, God gave, God gave uh, a mandate to a man who was faithful in this to go, he said, go teach my people faith. He's, in May of, 19, May of uh, 1950 in Houston, Texas, the Lord spoke to Brother Hagin and said, I've allowed, I've allowed you to learn faith both by precept and by experience. Now I want you to go what you've learned and teach my people faith. All right? And, uh, uh, you know, it's just like God come to Abraham. Abraham, get up. and I don't know how, if God had made that offer to anybody else or not. But here was somebody that took it and, uh, and, and, and followed through with it. And uh, don't apologize. it's not about the man. See, it's, it's not, that's why it, it was, it's never about Kenneth Hagin. It's about this mandate to go teach faith. Why? Because this, when you have faith in God's word, you'll go to Egypt 13 times a year. Why? Because faith just, you've got faith. You just believe God's word. You'll go places, I mean, you just never, never believe. You'll move home to your hometown and start a church, dear God, and tell people for how many years God's going to send us a pastor one day. Thirty-some years later, he's still sitting here. The pastor's still sitting here, right? Why, how, why do you, how do you do that? By faith, believe in God. See, faith will cause you to live like God himself. I didn't say you're God. Tell your neighbor you're not God. That's important. And sometimes people get in ditches with these things. But how many of you know we can live like God, right? If he's our father, we can live like him. Now here in Mark 11, 
after Jesus has spoken to this fig tree, verse 22 says, Jesus said, have faith in God or have the faith of God. Or one translation literally says, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now, what, what would the mountain represent here? That would, that would represent any, that might represent pain in your body, right? Joshua talked this morning about how that he had uh, accidentally plunged a Q-tip into his ear and, and ruptured his eardrum. And the doctor's report was, you may never hear again. Amen? Where's that microphone? Well, you got that microphone? Where is it? Come here, Josh. I'm telling his testimony. Why don't this let him tell it? But I want you to tell it. Tell what you talked about, how you had to stand on that. Yeah, so, you know, I was just had the Q-tip in and had left it hanging there. One of my friends texted me, and I went to grab the Q-tip. Instead, I pushed it into my ear and ruptured the eardrum. So lesson here is do not text in Q-tip, first of all. But, you know, what happened was in the, the thought that I had was that you're never going to hear again. And so whenever I had that thought, I had to take that thought captive and hold it up against the Word of God. And the truth of the Word is that I'm healed. And Romans 8.11 says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the d- dead is dwelling on the inside, quickening my mortal body. So I had to put my finger in my ear in that very moment that I heard the lie, and I had to proclaim the truth of God's word. And so I said, in the name of Jesus' ear, you are completely whole. You hear perfectly fine. And, you know, in the middle of me not being able to hear, I had to speak the word of God and proclaim the truth. And so I remember I went to the doctor, and they told me, you know, it's possible you're never going to hear again where it's ruptured. And so in that moment, I didn't tell the doctor, no, I don't receive that. What I did is I took control of my own thoughts. I didn't have to change his thought about the situation. I had to change and control what I thought about it. And so what I did is I put my finger back in my ear right after that doctor appointment, and I said, ear, you're going to hear perfectly fine. In fact, you hear better than you did before. And so I got aggressive with it, and I started standing on the word, proclaiming Romans 8:11, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus is quickening my eardrum right now, repairing, restoring, reviving right now in this very moment. And so I remember it was a couple weeks went by, and I started seeing some progress, and I kept speaking the word, kept speaking the word. And eventually I went back to the doctor, and this doctor had done my hearing test for since I had been six, seven, eight years old. And so they had the reports, and he said, you know, we really expected you to not be able to hear again or at least have lost some frequencies. He said, but the strange thing is, is you're actually hearing frequencies that you couldn't hear before. Hallelujah. But the truth of it is, is that it was taking the thought captive and then speaking and proclaiming the word of God. We've got to enforce the authority that we have Amen. in our lives. Amen. And so he was speaking to his ear. Did you notice that? Speaking to his ear, you're healed. You're whole. In fact, ear, you're better than you were before. He spoke to it. Now, now just saying it, he believed it and said it, Right? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. All right? Now, I want us to turn over to Mark chapter 5. I wonder if we have an example of anybody doing this. Well, absolutely we do. And if you know, you know this about God, God's no respecter of persons. If someone in the Bible receives something by using faith, 
you can receive something by using faith. Okay, let's look here at Mark chapter 5. I want to look at this, and then I want to look at uh, uh, Luke 5, and we'll finish, we'll finish up. We're going to minister tonight to those who want to be ministered to by the laying on of hands. Now, every service, we won't necessarily all the time minister this way, but we will minister this way tonight, okay? Because sometimes, you know, uh, the Spirit of God just start moving, we're, and if He wants to do that tonight, that's fine. But I, I felt that he said that we'd, we'd lay hands on folks tonight. All right, here in Mark 5, verse 25. A certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Can you imagine dealing with the same thing for 12 years? She's got an issue of blood. She's bleeding. She's, she's got a, a blood flow. She can't stop. And it's gone on for 12 years. Now I think about her. Every time she went to, she'd been to many physicians, every time she went to a new doctor, maybe this doctor, maybe this is the new cure, you can imagine her hopes rising up every time she went to a new, and, but she got what? Nothing better. She got worse every time. Twelve years now, and finally, she spent all that she had. Now, uh, one interesting thing about this woman, if you, uh, according to the Jewish law, that she was considered to be an unclean person, was not allowed out in public, if she was in public, she had to declare herself unclean, and she had to she had to stay away from people. Wouldn't you know? She could go to the doctor, but uh, couldn't you know? And all of her family, she's a band. She doesn't have family that can come see her. None of if she's got. We don't know that she does, but I'm just trying. I'm just showing you her condition. She's she's a band. I mean, there's nobody from church visiting her. She's abandoned. She's on her own. But look what happens here, verse 27. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, now I like one translation, I think the NIV says, she kept on saying, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now I want you to notice, now remember, I wonder who she's saying this for. J Joshua, I was around him when he was dealing with this. Here. I'd ask him, how are you doing? And he just kept saying, I believe I'm healed. But he's not, he wasn't confessing in front of me. He's not walking around, hey, did you know my ear? He's not confessing. No, he was doing that. Just him, between him and the Lord and his ear, right? This woman doesn't have anybody to say this to. We know she did this because she came and told Jesus the story after. But she kept on saying, if I can touch his garment, I will be whole. Now, interesting enough, in Luke's account of this, it's after Luke 6, where it says, and they, as many as touched him were made whole. I believe, personally, now, you know, whether it's that way or not, we have, a, we have a great account here. But, you know, when we get to heaven, Jesus will tell you, Tad was right about this, all right? So, but I personally believe she had heard that these other people had touched his garment, and she said, if I could touch his garment, I'll be whole. The word whole there is the same word for saved, same original word. If I can touch his garment, I'll be healed, I'll be whole. She kept on saying it. And notice, all she lacks now is the opportunity. She heard Jesus was walking by one day, and she came and she fought her. She did what she's not allowed to do. She's not allowed in public. She's not allowed to touch anybody, but she fought her way. Now, here's something about this. I think, let me take this back. The just shall live by faith, right? Not have events. I think so many times, and I think we've all done it. We want to make just enough commitment in this to get what we need. 
and we fail to make these all-in commitments. She's coming away from there healed, or she's about ready to put stone to death. She's going to either die today. I either die today, or I'm healed today. You see that? This is it. There's no, there's no going back. She makes an all-in decision. I'm all in on this. Well, in verse 29, it says the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body she was healed. Jesus immediately knew that that power went out of him. He turned around and said, who touched my clothes? Now, his disciples here, they're amazed. They say, look, Jesus, everybody's touching you. How can you ask who touched me? No. And I like, what, I like again, what Luke's, Luke's account said. He said, somebody had touched me. Oh, man, that'll, that'll preach right there. See, she's a nobody in her society based on her disease. But when she got in contact with Jesus, he turned a nobody into somebody. He said, somebody touched me. How many nobodies in here became somebody when you met Jesus? Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Or you might have thought you were somebody, but I'm going to tell you right now, before you met Jesus, you weren't anybody. <laughs> you might have thought you were somebody, but uh, somebody that doesn't have a relationship with God, they don't know how little they are. But thank God you have a relationship with him, right? Well, he, she comes to Jesus, and uh, he looked around. Look, look at verse 33. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and, touched, and told him all the truth. He said, Daughter, your faith made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your place. Now, we know it was that power. We know it was that healing power that Acts 10, 38 talks about, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. We know it was that power that caused the sickness to leave, but Jesus didn't say it's because I'm anointed. He says because you have faith. Well, if her faith can make her whole, if her faith can heal her, your faith can cause you to be healed and cause you to be whole in your body. Amen. What's the difference between you and her? There's nothing different between you and her. She's not anything special, was she? She's somebody that needed healing. Glory to God. Now, all the other people that touched him, they didn't get anything. All right. Now, we're not going to turn there for time's sake because I want to get to the in Luke chapter 5, it tells a story of Jesus is basically having a minister seminar. There's leaders of the law, doctors of the law, scribes, they all come from out of Galilee and Judea, and they, they're in a house, and the, there's a man who's got four guys carrying him. He's paralyzed. They can't get in the house because it's too crowded, all right? But they wouldn't stop. They got up on the roof, tore the roof down, let him down in front of Jesus. The Bible said Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. And, he, of course, you know, he told a man, your sin's forgiven you. And they got mad about that. People got mad. He said, well, what's easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? Why? why, why is it, what's the difference? Because with God, it's no different to forgive sin than to heal your body. It's all part of salvation. Right? So he, he rises up. But the one thing the Bible says there, he said, when Jesus, all these other people were there, and the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But none of them got healed. None of them. Now, why? Because none of them reached out by faith and took hold of what was available to them. Amen. I'm telling you right now, the power of the Lord is present to heal you right now. Right now where you are, right now, the power of the Lord is present. If, if, if it wasn't, I didn't have to say it, but it's because, first of all, if you're a Christian, it's already in you. It's already in you. But it's activated by faith. But the power of the Lord is present to heal no matter what it is, no matter what you're dealing with tonight, the power of the Lord is present to heal. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said believers would lay hands on the sick and the sick would recover. Did he not? Do we believe that tonight? Amen. He said, well, you know, I've just... Listen, quit putting up with little pains and little aches and pain. Jesus bore our pain. He carried our diseases. Is that right? He paid the price for us. Right? So we don't have to put up with anything. Some people say, well, you know, I'm not... I, you know, I'm not, I can put up... No, what, don't... That's like the person that came up and one of Brother Hagen told a story about the person that came up, you know, limping up there on the limping up to the platform. So well, what what did he had always thought? Well, what do you need? Well, they had had something a problem with their with their, their ear or the head in the head, and he said, he said, uh, uh, they said there's something going on. He said, Well, okay. He said, laid hands on and instantly healed. Went away on the crutch. He said, Well, what about your leg? Oh, I can live with that. Guess what? Kept their crutches. Amen. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, I got good news for you tonight. The power of the Lord. Why? The Word of God is the power of God unto salvation. We've been hearing the Word. Anytime you start talking about the Word of God, the power of the Lord is in manifestation. Because it, it is the power of God. Salvation is here tonight. Healing is here tonight. Not because I'm here. All right? Not because my family. Not because... It's not, it's not based on a personality other than the person of Jesus Christ. He's in us. We talked about that a little bit this morning. Get the, if you need to get that, most of you are here. That's why I'm kind of going over. You were here this morning. You heard that. We talked about him being in us and us being in him. That life's in us. Glory to God. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me see. Just raise your hand. If you want to be ministered to tonight, you want, you want prayer for healing tonight, I want to see your hand. Raise your hand so I know. Okay? Just raise it up there. Yeah, praise the Lord. All right. Uh, ushers, why don't you come help us? Brother Frank, if you want to play in behind us. I always like to have some music playing. It kind of helps me. Helps me. Now, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have you come on up here. And we're going to minister to you. By, but We're going to minister by the Spirit of God, okay? If the Lord tells us to have you do something, then just go ahead and obey. Just do it, okay? Sometimes, you know, sometimes... Uh, uh, it's going, it takes a little bit. You know, that woman, she had to get out of her house and go. They had to let that man down through the roof. Now, listen, you don't need healing tonight, but let's be, the, let's be those four crazy friends that rip the roof off of that guy's house to get their friend down in front of Jesus. Mark Hankins says that all the time. Every Christian needs four crazy friends that got roof ripping off faith to help you get what you need from God. Every one of us. Amen. It's good to have friends that will believe God with you to the point that they'll rip somebody's roof apart to get you to what you need to get. I always wondered about that. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. I wonder if he stayed and fixed the roof after that. I don't know if he did or not, but we'll get to heaven and hit the Lord and tell you, Tad was wrong about that one. Okay. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now. Yes, Lord. I take authority over every sickness over every disease, over every cause. I take authority over that in the name of Jesus because the Word of God, because of God's Word, because of our standing in Christ. Father, I thank you that we have authority over sickness and disease. And Father, I thank you tonight as we lay our hands upon each person. 
that that healing power that's in them is activated and affects a healing and a cure. And Father, that healing power will stay active in them as they believe. Many, 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 many will receive instantly others as they go. But they'll all receive that healing power working in them. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me start with this. How many of you, anybody have back pain? You got lower back pain. I want you to come up here. Lower back pain. Fellas, come up here. You too. Mike, let's, let's, uh, I want them all to sit in a chair. Front row. Everyone's got lower back pain. Sit in one of those chairs. Sit in one of these chairs here. Over here. Just front row. Everybody get in the front, one of the front row. Yeah, sit all the way to the back. I want you to sit all the way to the back there. Thelma, you're going to have to scoop back there so your, your feet won't even hit the ground probably. All right. Amen. You can move over here if you need to. You boys just go ahead and start ministering to them. Whatever they tell you to do, now do, okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had, uh, we had here, here at Raymond not too long ago at, during our, we call it exaltation time, our prayer time, we had uh, uh, students had never, a lot of them had never seen anything like this. I called you, I said, who's got, who's, who's having back pain? Called him up. This, this young fella, he had, he had that much difference in between the length of his legs. His, his, uh, his heel was that much shorter. And I had another, I had Kirk Dubois, one of my, my assistant, he came up and we had him in the chair so everybody could see it. And uh, we just said, in the name of Jesus, that leg popped out. His eyes got as big as this. He never see, he said, my whole life, he said, I've had, that leg's been that short. I had never, I didn't know that was possible. Well, then we had all, we had all kinds of students that are having pain. I just had the students, they set them down and they started ministering to them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. See, do what you couldn't do after your prayer. Do what you couldn't do before. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Is the pain gone already? The pain's gone? Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Just keep ministering. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is what happened in Guatemala when we were in that city. And we had over 600 healed that day in the marketplace, laying hands on people. Never seen so many. They, they said they never seen so many people that had lower back pain in their life. They're just students. I'm talking about students. I'm not, I mean, students at Bible school, not preachers. Students at Bible school commanding legs to grow out and feet getting healed. Hallelujah. You don't mind if we take some time. These people are worth it. Them being free of pain in their back, it's worth it. We'll just take time. Amen. If you feel, if you start getting tired, just get up and walk around. But just, we're the, we're ripping off the roof with our faith for them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I would say this. You know, you say, well, this kind, it's kind of a, a strange thing. I don't know why God does this this way. I don't know why. But I've seen people, men and women, just many, many, many of them, just receive their healing this way. 
say, well, I, can't, I, I don't always do this. Sometimes I just pray for them. Sometimes they just get healed while they're there. Lots, I, I've had sometimes they just say, just start doing what you couldn't do before. Bend down. Just go ahead and do what you couldn't do. Don't try. Do. You don't try it, faith. We do it. Okay? getting better all the time amen hallelujah 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 glory to God see that's what that's what we've got uh, I think we've gotten ourselves to the position we, we try to get in a hurry we don't we don't help people we don't talk with people like this we talk with them work with them we want to make sure you get what you came for you see amen get what you came for I saw, uh, uh, I had a, I've got a pastor friend, young, young pastor friend, some of you might know Chad Gonzalez over there in Jonesboro. He's kind of gotten into, he, he said, he said, he's talking to other Raymond pastors. He said, they, they told him this, they said, if anybody's been healed in our church in the last five or ten years, I don't know it. That's not right, folks. That's not right. Healing should be a common occurrence. A common occurrence. Jesus' name. Check it out. It's working. It's working. It's working. Ms. Thelma, better? Things better? You back? Amen. Amen. He never tried that before. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now listen, the rest of you, I know there's others that raise their hand. We're going to minister to you. We're going to take, but this is how God said to minister to these, okay? So keep your switch of faith turned on. Hallelujah. 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 I kind of, I, I want you all to watch this so you can just kind of see. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. We were about ready to go out for service one day at Raymond Bible Church. Pastor Hagen said, Lynette, my back's hurting. He sat down in the chair. She commanded that leg to grow out. It, it went right out there. He just got to know, praise God, thank the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when they're finishing up, who else, want, who, who needs, you have something you, you want prayer for tonight? Let me see your hand. All right. Okay. If you're, on, if you're on this side of the room, come right over here, okay, Mike? If you're over here, so if you're on this side, you all come right over here, okay? If you want prayer. If you want to just come right up here, and uh, we'll have one of the others. So, so if you're on this side, come over here, Brother Mike. He'll get you, he'll get you there. Hallelujah. And if, they, if we run out of room, we'll just have you sit down, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get you set. But we got, lot, we got some room over here. Yeah, there we go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now. When hands are laid on you, that's the moment that you believe that you receive. That's the moment, you, and you might, even say, you might even start saying it now, the moment hands are laid on me, yes, the moment hands are laid on me, you can go all the way over there to that set of steps, that's fine. The moment hands are laid on me, I receive my healing. The moment hands are laid on me, I receive my healing. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, we got, if we've got too many over there, we've got room over here if we need it. All right? Praise the Lord. Man, why don't you come up here with me? I'm going to start over here, and uh, we're going to pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your healing power working in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, that's, that's that power. That's the power of God right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, receive from God what it is you have need of. 